Thank you for listening to Inside the 435. Our show is supported by sponsors and our loyal audience. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced with Anchor. Here is why you should use Anchor to produce your podcast. It's free, no cost to you ever. There are creation tools built into Anchor allowing you to record, edit, and upload your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor takes the tedious and long process of distribution off of your to-do list. Your show will be automatically distributed to Spotify and Apple Podcasts for you. Everyone dreams of making a little bit of money from a podcast. This is made possible by Anchor. With no minimum listenership, you can be offered sponsorships. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do not wait a second longer. Download the free Anchor app, that's A-N-C-H-O-R, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. My name is Jack Bowie, and welcome to this episode of Inside the 435. Uh, Today we have a lot to talk about. Trump campaign is filing lawsuits, and no evidence is bearing no results, and they're finding that out very fast. Um, Basically what is happening is these lawsuits are being filed, um, and no result is being returned, so they file more lawsuits in different states. So what we're looking at here is a... um, not necessarily a failure of the legal system, but um, a a failure to, you know, I really don't know what's happening in the legal system because, you know, if these lawsuits are going to keep popping up, you know, this election will never end. And the problem is none of these lawsuits are actually doing anything. The Trump campaign has not had luck at all. You know, and people are saying, well, you know, we've got this, we've still got lawsuits. But what's happening is nothing. Nothing is happening. These lawsuits are returning no result. They're not benefiting nor hurting the Trump campaign, and they might actually be hurting the Trump campaign by hurting Trump's image. Things are not looking good for Trump. So yeah, all of that and more on this episode of Inside the 435. Uh, Now, if you can see at the bottom of the screen, um, and if you cannot, because you are listening to the audio version, Inside the 435 is opening a merch store where you can buy stickers, mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. Um, I actually just ordered some proofs and I should be receiving some stickers in the mail. Um, and I think I'm supposed to have those by Monday. So that, that'll be really cool. Um, and, you know, if you're just here to watch and listen and learn, then that's great. If you want to uh, uh, support the podcast, then um, that's one way you can do it. So Trump lawsuits uh, are doing nothing. And what's happening is supporters are uh, saying now that the legal system is rigged. Trump's saying that the legal system is rigged. But, you know, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, uh, making a claim and proving it in court are two different things. And the evidence is not there to prove it in court. And even if the evidence was there, they don't have it. And, um, you know, if you were to ask me why the evidence, why they don't have the evidence, it's because it's not there. There's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Um, and there's, 
you know, very little evidence of, of voter fraud at a very small level either. So what we're looking at is not widespread voter fraud that affected the election. We're not looking at small voter fraud that um, barely affected this election. So what are we looking for is the real question. Um, if Trump is going to make allegations of voter fraud and what well, the allegations that the Trump campaign is making is allegations of widespread voter fraud, which we've seen and has been pro uh, proved or not proved in court, uh, widespread voter fraud is not occurring. If widespread voter fraud was occurring and there was evidence of it, then these lawsuits would be leading places and we'd be going through recounts and we would be making sure that everything is accurate. Now, tr the Trump campaign, you know, is requesting recounts. I have no problem with requesting recounts. Actually, I think it's responsible to request a recount. And there, um, you know, if you're hearing, oh, Trump keeps requesting recounts and, you know, you don't exactly know what that means, it's, it's not... Um, a crazy thing. It occurs in uh, nearly every election, a state with a small margin. If there's a small margin in a state, then whoever loses will request a recount. It's just um, very routine, and it, you know they usually take a couple of days. So that's not the problem. The problem is these lawsuits and the constant denial. Uh, Trump has stayed silent publicly for a good while now. He made his first appearance today at the veterans at a Veterans Day ceremony since Wednesday, the, uh, since last Wednesday. So he has not made appearances and he's been very quiet, uh, which I find interesting considering Joe Biden's the one hiding in his basement. So what we're looking at is not widespread voter fraud. And what we're looking at is, um, just denial from the Trump campaign. Hillary Clinton, uh, conceded the election with razor thin margins, look just like we're seeing now. He, it wasn't a, you know, they didn't get this red wave they were expecting in 2016. And in 2018, the Trump campaign were the ones who were saying um, that the Democrats were sore losers in Georgia. And, you know, so what we're seeing is hypocrisy from the Trump campaign because two years ago, they were saying that Democrats are upset they lost, so they're not going to accept that they did lose. So that's, that's the problem. It's the hypocrisy. It's the uh, denial, and it's bringing things to court with no evidence. Uh, there's three of you watching right now, so um, please comment so I know who's here, and if you have any questions, let me know. So, yeah, the absolute hypocrisy we're seeing from the Trump campaign, the denial, it's it's embarrassing, and it really is embarrassing. Joe Biden said, I think it's embarrassing, because it very much is. Uh, do you think Texas and California are getting closer to flipping uh, question from Taylor? Um, so are you talking about flipping in like a, re a like an upcoming election or like in like the future, like within the decade? Because um, I mean, Texas and Ca Texas was closer this year. California um, was not close at all in the presidential race. So, you know, are we talking like next 10 years, next 100 years, next year, or, you know, next election? So, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, we're talking like in the, in the near future. So within the decade, I think that we could see a Texas flip. Texas went, was very close, but I don't think it was because they're turning more Democratic. I think it's because they didn't support President Trump and big cities came out and voted. And, um, yeah, in the next couple of elections. Yes, I actually do see that happening. I do see Texas flipping. California gets is I see it getting closer. I don't see California flipping for a long time. There's a lot of big cities in California, 
and California was not um, a close race this year. Uh, when California's polls closed and there was still no information from California, um, nearly every media outlet called it for Biden because uh, there really was no chance of anything happening there. So possibly in the next decade, we will see a flip from one or both of them. And I, I think we might see Texas slip in the next election or two. Now, there, one other thing you can talk about is what's going to happen in 2024. And I've talked about this a little bit, but I haven't really clarified my stance on it or my opinion on it, what I think is going to happen. So I see what I think is going to happen in 2024. Joe Biden will not run. I don't see him running. He'll be older. He's already said he's not planning on running. So I don't see him running at all. Um, what I see happening in 2024 is he drops out, Kamala Harris is the incumbent, and I, this is not what I want to happen. I really would not like, I would not, I'm hoping this does not happen. I see Kamala Harris winning. I don't know who the Republicans could really put up that would um, beat an incumbent runner for the Democratic Party. I don't know. Do you think Biden will do anything about the wall, even though it isn't finished, or do you think it will leave it? Okay, so this wall, Trump is the king of empty promises at this point. Um, no, I don't think Biden's going to do anything to the wall. So but, uh, he said, here, here's what Trump said. He said, we're going to build a big wall. Um, the wall is very small. There's videos of people playing volleyball over it and climbing over it. The record's like 13 seconds to climb over this wall. Um, he said it was going to stretch all across the border. We currently have three miles of it. He said Mexico was going to pay for it. That didn't happen. So Trump is the king of empty promises. So, no, he will not finish it, and he's not going to take it down. He's just going to let it just let it do his thing. Um, because people who, who believe that our biggest problem facing the uh, country is illegal immigrants coming in and committing crimes, that's not true. Nearly, like, most of the crime comes from the general population. By the rock, are you referring to Dwayne Johnson? I don't, I've not heard that term, unless it's Dwayne Johnson. Andrew Yang, no, I don't think they're going to have a chance. As we've seen, um, people don't usually do very well uh, against an incumbent runner of their same party. Uh, can you name me one of the people who ran against President Trump this year uh, from the Republican Party? No. So, yeah, people don't usually do very well uh, against an incumbent runner of the same party. So, no, I really don't think Andrew Yang has a chance. I really do like a Andrew Yang, but I don't think he has a chance. AOC is going to be extremely young, so she will almost definitely not run. Uh, she will be turning 35 a month before the election. So I wouldn't count on AOC running at all. Um, but yeah, 2024, I, I really do think that Kamala Harris will win. I think she will win re-election. And then I think we might see, you know, some of these people like Andrew Yang, AOC. Uh, I think Amy Klobuchar might step back in. But really, I'm definitely looking forward to these next years. Like, they're going to be much better than the year we've had this year, for sure. Um, or the, the election we've had this year. These, these two candidates were not nearly anybody's top priority. Really, I don't know anybody who seriously wanted Biden. Biden did not do very good in the caucuses and the primaries. So the fact that he made it as far as he could was definitely because of, like, 
you know, Bernie Sanders dropping out and all these other competitors dropping out. Do you think the country country will become more unified or split further apart? I don't see a scenario where the country becomes more divided. Um, our country is extremely divided right now, and that's because Trump enjoyed divide. I mean, he really did push divide. I don't understand how a candidate like or a president-elect Joe Biden, how a president like Joe Biden could further uh, divide this country when his whole mission is to unify the country. That's like one of his number one missions. So if he's going to really focus on it, he's not going to make the country worse. That just won't happen. Like when it comes to um, unity, I mean, that's one of his big things. Trump, we've saw had no intent to unify the country. And if he did have an intent to unify the country, then he did an extremely terrible job. And we should like, you know, not even considering Trump uh, somebody who's trying to unify the country because that's not what we're seeing at all from him. Um, so, yes, I, I would to answer the question, I would definitely say the country will become more unified. That's his mission. Um, you know, he wants to, I think, you know, whatever his campaign is, restore the soul of this nation or something like that. Um, and. Yeah, if, if that's his goal, then, yeah, the battle for the soul of this nation. If that's his goal, there's no way he's going to uh, l make the country less unified. Or less, yeah, less unified. Our country is as more divided than I think it will ever be in the next, um, in the modern future. Because, I mean, at this point, we're getting to a point where people will not be friends with people. And people will not talk to their family members, which doesn't make sense. I mean, politics is just that politics. I mean, the president of the United States is out of the control of you or your family. You're, you or your family voted. Okay, let's just say that your whole family, you live in the state of Ohio, your whole family voted for Biden. Okay, there's nothing you could have done to affect the outcome of the election. The, the 15 of you that are in, you know, your Thanksgiving family, you wouldn't, there's no way you alone would affect the outcome of the election. And there's just no reason that we should be fighting over things like this. Everyone has their opinion. You know, everyone has has made up their mind and nobody's changing their minds. No matter what, no matter who I debate, I mean, obviously the goal is to change your mind. And when I'm entering into a debate or when I'm doing a podcast with somebody, my goal is to have them change my mind and I want to be challenged. I want my opinion to be challenged. So the, the problem with people now is people are so set on their opinions that they are not even cons like if, if I enter a debate with people, I know I'm not going to change their mind. My goal is to change their mind. And, but, but I know going into it, that won't happen because people are just so, you know, set in stone. And what people need to understand is politics, you know, your political beliefs are fluid. They change, you know, depending on where you work, how much you make, um, where you live. I mean, if I were to start making, you know, $1.5 million a year, in the oil industry, I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden. If, if you're making $1.5 million a year and you you know work in the oil industry and you vote for Biden, then even though I supported Biden, I'm going to call you stupid because the president that you choose, now obviously I don't think like, you know, going off what I just said, I don't think that it's right to base your political opinion solely on personal gain, like financial gain. It needs to be considered, though. So when you're talking to somebody who makes more money than you, Biden's tax plan is going to harm them more than it's going to harm you. So 
you know, I don't think you should, but then again, you, you shouldn't base your pol political beliefs completely off of um, personal gain, you know, when it comes to financial stuff. You also need to consider things like um, your moral beliefs, your religious beliefs, even though I don't think religion should necessarily tie into your political beliefs as much as people make it tie into them. You know, like if I'm talking to somebody who's a very, who's very Christian and believes that since they're Christian, they can't be pro-choice and I'm trying to give them a pro-choice argument, all they say is, yeah, but the Bible's against it. Or if I'm talking about gay marriage, some, all they say is, well, the Bible's against it. Okay, I'm a, I'm a Roman Catholic too, but you know, like the Bible says a lot of things, so we don't stick to every outdated, um, you know, tradition. Like if you want to sell your daughter into slavery, okay, I'm sure you've seen the video. Uh, somebody says that, um, that they believe that, you know, since the Bible says something about uh, gay marriage, um, then you could say that it, you're allowed to sell your children into slavery. Like, our, the the Catholic Bible has so many things that are so outdated that cannot be implemented today. So you can't use the Bible to make every single decision that you make like that. Obviously, you can turn to, if, if you're very religious, you can turn to God or you can turn to, uh, you know, whatever to, you know, get those answers. But just reading a book, a, an extremely outdated book is not going to give you every uh, belief that you have in the world. You know, obviously it's going to tie into it because if you, you know, in the Bible, you believe that, you know, you know, every life is important, then you would be pro-life. But the thing is, a lot of pro-life people are Republican. Okay. And the thing about being a Republican and being pro-life and saying that because that you are pro-life because of the Bible and saying that every life matters, but then being against the Black Lives Matter movement is then again, hypocrisy. So you cannot use the Bible to make every single decision uh, that you make when it comes to your political beliefs. It just doesn't make sense. And it's gets to a point where every, nobody's going to change their minds. And we're already at a point. We're so divided in this country that no matter what you say, people are not going to change their minds. So yeah, that question really, uh, that took me like seven minutes and I said a lot about it. So thank, that was a good question. Thank you. Um, but if you have any other questions, anybody that's here, uh, please ask them. So yeah, your political beliefs are fluid. It, it's going to change throughout the course of your lifetime. Older people tend to be more Republican. Younger people tend to be more Democratic. So that's why, um, you know, when younger people voted and you had those Democratic supporters, you know, in the past four years who did not like Trump, who were younger and now could, are, you know, of legal voting age, that's how this election could have been swayed. And another thing that we need to look at is as you get older, um, you could possibly um, you know, your political beliefs could change. So you need to not, like, not be so set, you know, set in stone, especially at a young age. Okay. People need to understand Black Lives Matter organ organ organization and the movement are completely different things. The Black Lives Matter organization, I think is a terrible organization. And at the, I would go so far to consider them a terrorist organization, just like the KKK is a terrorist organization. BLM, the organization, the, um, well, the organization, meaning it's an organization in people's minds, but it really isn't like an organization, you know, with the president, a vice president, uh, employees, you know, like the KKK is not an organization either, but I would consider a terrorist organization. The movement is an incredible movement. If you don't support the Black Lives Matter movement, then you are a racist. If you do not support the Black Lives Matter organization, then you are smart.
they're completely different things. The organization is there to riot and to steal and to uh, incite panic and uh, to, you know, attack and create violence. The movement is to teach people that black lives matter, that black lives matter, you know, because, and then, you know, things saying things like all lives matter. Like we know in saying that all lives matter uh, is saying that all lives in the past have not mattered, but we need to uh, express that they do matter now. And that's not true at all. Black lives in the past have not mattered. They have been slaves. They have, well, they have mattered, but they haven't mattered to the people. They've been slaves and black lives have not been treated well over the past century. So what we're saying now is black lives matter. And we, we are saying that in the past, they did not to, you know, society, but we need to express that black lives matter. Okay. Just like blue lives matter. Blue lives have always been respected and looked up to in the past. Obviously now they're under scrutiny because, um, they are, you know, not all of them. I'm not saying that police are bad. I am not, you know, for defunding the police. I'm not for, uh, Get rid of, getting rid of the police system at all, and I don't think all cops are bad. So, you know, you have a select few cops who are part of a system that is corrupt, um, especially when it comes to, you know, like uh, Rodney King with the LAPD. I think the LAPD is an extremely corrupt organization, uh, and that's not uh, to say that every police system in the United States is, is corrupt. I think the LAPD is, you know, throughout history has been a very corrupt organization. When it comes to OJ, you know, OJ Simpson, that's why... I, that's why I think O.J. Simpson won is because the LAPD was so corrupt they couldn't be believed. Um, that's why Rod, the police in Rodney King, okay, they were going to win because the police system there is so corrupt. So what, what people need to consider is what these things really mean. We're not just saying that black lives matter and white lives don't or you know Asian lives don't or Hispanic lives don't. We're saying that black lives right now matter because historically they have not um and yeah blue lives matter throughout history have and historically they do matter so we don't need to say that saying that and people nobody actually says all lives matter they say it as a response to black lives matter which is racist and it's crazy that we're at a point in our country where saying all lives matter is racist but it really is because it's never said as in a good way it's never said to say that all lives matter, everybody's important, all men are created equal. That's not what people are saying when they say all lives matter. It's a rebuttal to Black Lives Matter, uh, and Black Lives Matter is not a movement that should be rebutted. Um, Black Lives Matter, the organization, if we're talking about it, then yes, I think it's a terrible organization. I do not think people should support the Black Lives Matter organization. But the move, and I think it is very corrupt, yes, but the movement is not. The movement is a great idea that people are associating with the organization and i see why i don't have a problem with you associating those two things because you know when we had that whole black lives matter movement at the same time the black lives matter organization was active in rioting and protesting non-peacefully so people are going to associate those two things no matter what you know especially since they're both called black lives matter but people need to understand that the, there is a um, societal difference between the organization and the movement um as well as in you know difference in ideologies between the movement and the organization. Yes, great questions. So I was supposed to go live today with um, Jack Alcroft to talk about um, uh, the 2020 election 
And then he had to go get an x-ray that he had not planned for. So this was originally going to be an hour, hour and a half episode. So I was supposed to, I was supposed to start at two and I left a lot of time for it. But if you don't have any more questions, then uh, I really don't have much more to talk about. Um, I talked about the lawsuits. Uh, and tomorrow I'm probably going to talk a lot about um, the Affordable Care Act. Uh, Supreme Court heard the case yesterday and I haven't heard much. So Portland was just a mess this year. I mean, I can't even begin to describe what happened in Portland. Um, I'm, I'm assuming when you're talking about Portland, you're you know referring to um, you know the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or whatever they ended up calling it. The um, I don't remember what it ended up you know Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that changed it to uh, the Capitol Hill Occupy protest whatever you want to call it, it was an extremely weird time. And that was not the result of the Black Lives Matter movement. That was, I think, you know, a result of the Black Lives Matter organization. And what basically was happening there, if you don't know what happened in Portland, where people occupied um, multiple blocks, claimed them, called it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and then changed it to the Capitol Hill Occupy protest. And uh, it was kind of like a Black Lives Matter thing, and they basically... Uh, um, created their own system and had this, like they, they basically considered themselves a new country. And what happened was Oregon, um, like supported, didn't support it, but they like, didn't really do anything and they couldn't do anything because they had, they had weapons and they were dangerous. Uh, so, you know, they had closed borders pretty much. It was a, a very weird thing. And basically what happened is it was acknowledged as, um, the Capitol Hill autonomous zone, Capitol Hill occupy protest by, um, the, the state so what happened is um national guard came in do i think there should be punishment to have punishment you would have to be able to prove what happened and i don't think they're going to be able to prove what happened and who was involved you would have to prove that somebody was behind it because there was so many people involved and you can't prosecute everybody um obviously you can but it's going to be extremely difficult to prosecute everybody so they need to prove that something happened and they need to prove well we, we know something happened. they need to prove somebody or um, a small group of people were behind it. <laughs> I, I mean, it was essentially treason. Should there be punishments for it? Yes. Will there be? No, because they can't if they wanted to. They're not going to be able to figure out how to manage that at all. Um, obviously, it was, you know, I would consider it treason against the United States, but that was at a time when, um, I, you know, even I was not proud to be an American at that point. You know, because of how we were, how what things were happening with our police system and how the country was responding to it. And a lot of that was traced back to the president. The president um, supported the police in the, that scenario. And what, what was very fun is he, President Trump visited a restaurant that had been just destroyed by looters and rioters. And it was like, you know, nearly burnt down. And uh, Fox had this and it was captioned or the headline was, uh, President Trump tours Biden's America. And that was Trump's America. So there, there was nothing that could be done during that time. And nobody was going to do anything because that was such a terrible time in our country. And I, you know, I did not care that people were occupying this area at that time. I wasn't like, you know, outraged, but I also wasn't supporting it. You know, I think people's reactions during that time were um, not very, um, 
people do not react res uh, responsibly at all. Oh, another question. What do you think the governor should do with the current coronavirus situation going on now? Okay, so we're having a lot of problems in our country now with the coronavirus and people aren't really talking about it. You know, it's being discussed on the news that we're reaching record high numbers in many places. Uh, Ohio had its record number of um, cases. It was like, I think we reached, was it 10,000 cases a day? Or was it higher? I don't know. It was, it was a high number. Um, but right now there's more people hospitalized in the U.S. than we've ever had uh, due to COVID-19. So I really hear your people are not going to like me for saying this. I'm a Democrat and you know, I'm, I'm going to say next, I think we need to have some form of shutdown and I'm not talking about a stay at home order. That's extreme. Um, but I think, I think schools need to be shut down. Um, I don't want that to happen. I'm, I I'm in school. I think online learning is, is terrible for education. I mean, I am, I've always gotten good grades in this year. I'm struggling because it's extremely difficult. Online school is extremely difficult and, and parents, I don't think even get it. They understand. They're like, we understand hard it is, but I don't think they do. Um, so take it from me who hates online learning. I think we need to shut down schools, even though they're not uh, where things are getting transferred. Uh, that's what people are going to focus on. So I think, should they do that? Maybe. Are they going to do that? I'd say yes, they're going to do that. Bars and restaurants are going to have to close too because I bet that's a big source of transmission. And I bet a lot of uh, companies are going to have people go and work from home. But there's not going to be a stay-at-home order like there was. Uh, I think gyms will remain open because uh, those are, you know, they're considered health facilities in many states. Um, hospitals are going to obviously work at full capacity, but there are not many hospitals that are actually full. Uh, they were preparing for it and that's not happening. So I told you what I think is going to happen. I told you whether I like it or not, but, um, you know, even whether I support it or don't, um, is not really, um, like it doesn't really matter. What matters is what's going to happen or what I think is going to happen and not what, um, um, like I want to happen. Um, cause obviously I don't want anything to happen. I don't want us to, you know, have shutdowns or anything. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I think. Was California ever Republican? Mm, yes, it was. California went Republican for Dwight D. Eisenhower and it was a relatively Republican state all the way up until uh, Clinton when it went for Clinton. And that it's been pretty Democratic ever since then. So, yeah, it, it's not all throughout history. So, I mean, obviously, in the next decade, we could see a switch in California. And that wouldn't be crazy. I mean, it would be upsetting as a Democrat um, to see a just massive chunk of votes go. Um, but, yes, it could definitely happen. And, you know, it wouldn't be necessarily terrible. I mean, you can win without California. Trump won without California. So, but Trump would also have all these small states. So for Biden to make up losing California, he would have to win uh, nearly the entire Midwest. Um, so, yeah, it would be a very big dent in the Democrat uh, plan if, Republic, if um, California were to flip Republican in the next few years.
especially with Republicans or Democrats trying to take control control of the Senate. Um, so, yeah, I can look up the California presidential voting history, though, um, 270 to win. So, uh, California was a Republican in 72, 76, 80, 84, 88. And then, yeah, I was right. They um, voted for Bill Clinton in 92, and they've been Democratic ever since. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, it, it has been, and it could happen again. Do you think Trump cared more about the economy than the people of the USA? 100%. This is no doubt about it. He cared more about the economy. He's a businessman. He treated the presidential um, job like a businessman, and he did not care about the uh, moral rights of U.S. citizens at all. He did not care about the human rights of U.S. citizens, especially uh, race and gender when it comes to gender, race, sexual or, uh, orientation, sexual identity. He did not care about the people of the U.S. He did not care about the well-being. All he cared about was the economy and the rich. And this is going to be a controversial statement because um, the rich tend to, I mean, here, people who low-income people tend to vote for um, vote for Biden, but people who are low-income in these Midwest states you know, these Midwest states are more low income, like, you know, Nebraska and South Dakota and North Dakota are more low income than California, New York. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, won all those low income states. But, yeah, he definitely cared more about the economy than the people of the USA. I've never heard him brag about doing something good and uh, making people happy. I've only heard him brag about his economy and his jobs. Obviously, he said that he is the least racist president. And that he has done more for black people since Abraham Lincoln, which I don't even, um, I can't even like name something positive that he's done for black people. And if I, and if you can, then I can rebut that with something worse that he has done for black people. And he, I think he's extremely racist. Um, so he is very much not the least racist um, president with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. And he definitely cared more about his economy um, than the people of the U.S. Yeah, these are good questions. Um See, the, the goal of this podcast was originally going to be, like, news reporting almost, and it's gotten to more of, like, a question and answer thing. Am I still thinking about running for president, like I said, in, 2020, in 2016? I become eligible by law to run for president in 2044, I think. Um, I mean, if I were to go into politics, which I'm not sure I'm going to, it'll either be politics or law. If I go into... Um, uh, politics, um, uh, then possibly, I mean, running for president, if I were to, you know, be successful, become a, you know, state senator, governor, senator, um, then I could run for president. But thinking about it, then, yeah, obviously it's considered, but I don't know if it's like, you know, top of my list. It's definitely not the top top of my list right now. Um so here okay here here's a comment. Uh he provided many jobs for African Americans. Yeah but he actually lost a lot more. And um people are gonna say it's because of COVID, but it's actually not. Since Ob um after Obama took office, uh he, um 
black unemployment went up a little bit up up a little bit and after trump took office black employment back black unemployment went continued to rise um could be an inherent uh from uh from Obama. But if you also look at like black unemployment from, I think I said that wrong. I said went, okay. Yeah. I said went to um down. So black unemployment went down under Obama and continued to go down. So if you're going to call that, um, inherent, like, you know, I believe that Trump's economy was inherited from Obama. Obviously, he was able to maintain that. He did provide jobs for African Americans, but that, you know, Obama had done that too. Um, and before Obama, Bush had lost jobs for African Americans, I think. Um, so, yeah. Do I think people care about the party, not the policies? Oh, 100%. Like, I'll, I'll ask Trump supporters, like, why do you like Trump? And it's completely just because he's a Republican. I'm a Republican, and, I, you know, I should be voting for Republicans. But I've never heard a Trump supporter tell me, like, a policy. All they say is, like, I like his economy. I, but, yeah, people definitely care more about the party. And it's not just Trump supporters. Democrats definitely care more about the party. Um, but this year, I think it was less about the party for Democrats and more about not liking President Trump. You know, like, you know, the whole settle for Biden thing. I don't think it was just because they're Democrats. I think it was the dislike of President Trump that got people that made people um, dislike Trump and helped Joe Biden win the election. I wouldn't say that Joe Biden won this election. Trump definitely lost it. Uh, Trump was a is is really here. If you're going to say he's a good president, that's fine. If you think he's done good things for the economy, and here we go with the economy because that's really I think all he's done. If you're going to go after Trump's economy and be like, okay, that, that's, that's why he's a good president, that's fine. But he's a terrible politician. Politicians' goal is to be liked and to get people on board with them, and he did not do that. He lost the women. He lost the blacks. He lost the Mexicans. He lost everybody because he was um, racist and sexist. And if you and here, I won't say he's racist and sexist because that's an opinion. He made racist and sexist comments, and that is not an opinion. That's just a matter of fact. I mean, if you're... And whether it's a sexist comment or just a uh, just absolute disrespect to women comment, you know, I don't know, sexism's treating women lesser than men, or I mean, actually, it could be vice versa. But I would say he definitely treats women lesser than men. I mean, if you listen to comments, you just look up how Obama talked about women, uh, or Joe Biden talks about women, and then look about look up how Trump talks about women, and the difference will disgust you. So. Yeah, Joe Biden lost the or Joe Biden did not win this election because he's the he's the ultimate candidate. Trump lost it because he's a terrible politician. Um, so that's what people that's what made people vote not not necessarily party and not necessarily policy. It's really just it's kind of neither. So unless there's any more questions or comments, um, that's pretty much it. Tomorrow is Thursday, so tomorrow I may not be able to make an episode i would like i would like to um and i'll try to um earlier in the afternoon maybe around four i'll try to do a half hour or up to possibly an hour episode if i can get somebody else on board if not it'll be about a half hour um but i have commitments tomorrow so i know that i'll get an episode out on 
Friday, and I know I'll get multiple episodes out Saturday and Sunday. I have two episodes planned Saturday and Sunday um, with guests, and those should be interesting episodes. Um, okay, there's now 10 people watching, which is actually my highest for a Twitch live stream uh, for a podcast. So if there's any more questions, then I will uh, answer them. Um, but if not, I'm getting ready to end uh, when Biden's in history. A lot, a lot of elections myself. Um, the reason he didn't win was because of racist comments. Um, did he say he didn't win because of racist comments? Because I don't think Biden's necessarily had racist comments. He said things in the past. People called him out for saying the N-word, but what people don't understand was he is under oath um, in court. So if he, or uh, was it in the senator in court? I don't know. But he was under oath, and if he didn't say um, the N-word in full, then uh, technically he could be thrown in jail for perjury. I mean, you have to completely quote. I don't know about like racist comments. So Trump and Biden are both older. So they have that like racist bone in their body because they grew up during a time when racism was so widespread and they didn't really consider it racist at that point. It was just like natural. So I don't know if he's lost a lot of elections because he's a racist. I mean, do you have like a rebuttal to that? Do you think he's like a racist and that he's lost elections because of racist comments? Because I don't really know about that one. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say that Biden is a, a racist. I think that he has that racist like, you know, gene that Trump has because they're older people, you know, everybody's got that, like, you know, that racist aunt or that racist grandma, because, you know, that's just, you know, a sign of the times. So a maximum age to run for president. So no, and here's why. Um, and it's because that people to get to a point where you have a chance to win a presidency, you need to have a lot of election or um, government experience, unless you're President Trump, and that's because he's not a petition, never should have been president of the United States, because um, he doesn't have experience and doesn't know what he's doing. But aside from that, it takes a long time for most people to get to a point where they're comfortable running for president. Usually they go through um, their, you know, a mayor or a state senator, and then they get to a point where they can run for governor. They win or lose that, and they become a U.S. senator, or they, you know, are in the U.S. House of Representatives, and then finally they get to a point where they're comfortable running for president, and you know they think it's not going to be a waste of time and money because it's not cheap to run for president, uh, especially if you don't have major support of your party. So, no, I don't think it should be maximum age because it takes a long time for you to get to a point when you uh, can do it. Thoughts on QAnon? QAnon's a joke. Um, I don't think that QAnon is like a real, um, like organization really. It's like a conspiracy group. QAnon really is a joke. Um, QAnon is like, when I think of QAnon's philosophy, I think of Trump's philosophy and it's conspiracy theory there it's it's a whole conspiracy theory and it's very like unnatural it's very weird 
Um, yeah, they're they're uh, they're far right. They're a conspiracy group, and it's not natural um, at all. They're like the all right, like of conspiracy groups. So uh, when. I mean, people have been talking about what's going to happen to QAnon when Trump leaves office, and I don't really know what's going to happen. And I don't care, because when I think of politics, I do not think of QAnon. Uh, when I think of uh, um, Anonymous, that's when I think of QAnon. So, um, yeah, if you guys were here, thank you very much for watching. If you missed a lot of it, it'll be uploaded to YouTube in less than an hour, and it'll be uploaded to Spotify in less than an hour, and everywhere where you get your podcast. So this has been the second episode of... Um, inside the 435, it's been a little bit of a slower episode, but uh, thank you for ever asking questions, uh, Taylor, and that kind of kept me alive during this episode. Uh, but thank you for watching, and I will see you in the next episode. This has been Jack Bowie. This is Inside the 435.